Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. I'm just your jack-in-the-box. You know, whenever love knocks, I'm going to bounce up and down on my spring. And I'm Ryan, a toy you start when it stops. I'm just your jack-in-the-box because for your love, i do anything. Yeah. Good. I'm pleased about that. So, we have reached episode 19. Now, do you know what 19 is in Swedish? No, because I'm not that far into Duolingo yet. <laughs> well, it's Niton. Niton? Yeah. Is it Niton or is it Niton? Oh, more likely Niton. Well done. <laughs> Good pronunciation. So I might be bossing further on through the lessons, but your pronunciation's down, my friend. Or should I say, Minshan? Mm. <laughs> so anyway, enough of this nonsense. We're at episode 19, and we are going to be celebrating so many wonderful Eurovision songs this episode. I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, what's the hot goss? Oh, the hot goss already, because now we've got a hot goss section. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> Is already there's speculation about who might be representing the UK in 2024. I know, it's early, isn't it? And the first name is Sophie Ellis-Bexter. Yeah. Which is weird because the first I heard of this with someone I worked with was telling me about this. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I think it was because we were still just listening to 2023 music. Right, okay. So I think Sophie was interviewed on BBC Breakfast by Naga Manchetti and Charlie State about this. Oh, okay. And And that's where the rumour started. Yeah. And she said, I kind of think this rumour happened about 10 years ago as well. (laughs) And I don't think her position had really changed. She's uber successful. Mm -hmm. And she's releasing albums now that are brilliant because she's not trapped by her old record label. And Mm. the originality of her, actually apart from, I didn't like Kitchen Disco. The Kitchen Disco during the pandemic was a bit... I got fed up with all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but the album before that, brilliant. I haven't listened to the new album yet. It's terrible. Well, it only came out like... This week. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah. I feel that. Anyway, as regards Eurovision, what she didn't say on BBC Breakfast, because she's quite careful not to be a nerd, even though she is one, <laughs> is that she actually had won Eurovision before. Not the Eurovision. Right. But the alternative Eurovision. Did you know about that? No, I did not. So what is an alternative Eurovision? Well, I don't know whether it's still going, but I saw a few posts about alternative Eurovision on the internet. But definitely in 1998, there was one held in the UK. Okay, and I think it wasn't it wasn't just UK because obviously yeah, <laughs> um, it was other countries as well. But anyway, Sophie Alice Baxter won that in 1998 with her band at the time called The Audience when she was 19. The Audience listeners was one of my favourite bands of all time, still is. It's amazing, and it lasted for a year or two. And I think I bought every single CD single as possible. And the song that I really loved, which was part of that, and won. This alternative Eurovision was a pessimist is never disappointed, which was also a hit in the UK. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to hear a bit of that now. Yeah. 
So Sophie has basically said, no, I wouldn't come and do Eurovision for the UK. It's really for someone else to do. She's got happy with her career. She sees it as a bit of a risk. Mm. She That's said, understandable. She said it would be like putting or betting at a casino and putting everything on red or something like that. Some sort of metaphor that I didn't quite understand. And she doesn't need to take any risks. And she thinks someone else should do it who would... It would benefit them and set them into the stratosphere, you know. See, I can see someone as an outsider thinking that. But from us, being on the inside of the fandom, Mm. it's like you you take them all into your heart, regardless of where they place, and if it's a good song. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got a bit of a fan base forever, or or a new different fan base. She also said that she thought Mae Muller was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she was interested in writing the Eurovision song. Ooh, okay. That could be cool. And she's a brilliant songwriter, so that would be, yeah. Her, her songs are amazing. Mm. Anyway, so that's the Sophie Alice Baxter chat. I understand you've been listening to some new Eurovision music. Well, my Spotify has been like, <laughs> it looked like you liked Eurovision, and now it's summertime. <laughs> Why don't you have all these summer songs? Mm. So yeah, I've got at least three that are from the class of 2023 uh-huh. that are on my latest current playlist. And the one that surprised me the most yeah. is Alika. Yeah? Yeah, with Too Much. Okay. Which is a bit of a sort of a summertime slow jam almost. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a departure from Bridges. Mm-hmm. And who else have you been listening to? Well, I've also been listening to Alessandra with yeah. Pretty Devil, which only just came out yesterday as oh, we're wow. recording okay. this. Fresh. Yeah, which is a, a good fun song. Mm-hmm. And then also Riley, because we like Riley. We do. He's released a song called Love Songs, mm. which is also quite fun and summery. So good. Well, recently I was running a conference in Brighton and I slightly abused my position as conference chair to actually every day play some European songs for every people. Because it was a European conference, I thought they might like that. Fair, them. yeah. So I played Riley Breaking My Heart. What else did I play? Tattoo. I Tattoo, imagine. I played Tattoo. Mm-hmm. I also played May Muller. So, you know, as songs for people to come into the auditorium to. I had great fun. Did you notice anybody reaction? Yes, there's like, oh, that's a European track. I heard people whispering. Uh, like, yeah. Good. Yes. Good, good. So that was fun. But enough of this current news. <laughs> Yeah, we're not, we're not we're a not, news podcast. Yeah, and no, we're not here for this, are we? That's no. not the main business of our podcast. Instead, we're here to listen and to discuss seven different songs from Eurovision down the years. Ryan, can you explain the seven different categories that we have in this podcast? Yeah, so the first three are from different periods in Eurovision history. Yeah. We start with a song from the last five years. Yeah. Then a song from five to 15 years. In this case, 2009 to 2018. Yeah. And thirdly, an archive, which is anything pre-2009. Gosh. And then we have a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi-finals, and of course the Juice Award, which is for an act that never got to Eurovision, but perhaps should have done. And then we hand over to the randomizer. Hooray. Mm. Or maybe not hooray. <laughs> Last time it was hooray. Last time it was a winner. So yeah. yeah. So this time it's going to be definitely something that came last. Yeah. Sound like fun? If so, then it's time for us to play that familiar anthem. (laughs) 
So we're going to start with our first song, which has come from the last five years. We're going back to 2019, and the country is Switzerland. What is the song? What is the artist, Ryan? The song and the artist are She Got Me by Luca Hani. Ooh. Mmm. When she arrived, can a lady the mama like? But mama, she ain't here tonight. Getting rowdy, rowdy. When she poured out the little spice, got the whole place on the vibe. Monday night and a Friday night. Getting rowdy, rowdy. She let her body talk. She made the party stop. She can't naughty. Yeah. Dropping it, dropping it down. When she go low, when she go low, she go solo, she go solo. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. When she go low, when she go low, she go solo, she go solo. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. Light in the fire now Going wild like an animal All ain't gonna sweat it out Getting rowdy, rowdy Turning hands and turning up Breaking next she breaking cups Look at her, can't get enough Getting rowdy, rowdy She let her body Talk She made the party Stop She getting naughty Yeah when she go low, when she go low, she go solo, she go solo. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. When she go low, when she go low, she go solo, she go solo. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. Girls go, everyone go. She got us dirty dancing. When she go low, when she go low, she go so low, she go so low. Oh, she know, oh, oh, she know, she got me dirty dancing. Okay, so we just watched Luca Hanley performing She Got Me back in 2019. What did you make of that? It was very red, wasn't it? <laughs> so red, kind of bleedy into, like, you couldn't see what was background lighting or what was projected onto him. Or... Yeah, it was too, it was just all too red. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Unless my eyes were bleeding. <laughs> no, they weren't, because I had the same experience. So this was um, performed 24th on the night. What position do you think it came in the grand final? See, now I remember this one and I remember it quite well. So I think it was top five, maybe even, I'm going to say fourth. It was fourth. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was fourth. So Luca Hani was internally selected by the Swiss broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Now, we were just talking before we went, we went on air. <laughs> Sounds like we're a radio show. Mm. That one of the writers was no less than Laurel Barker. Yeah, good old Laurel. Good old Laurel, who, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that we saw her um, before the London Eurovision party at a Kino gig. Kino gig, if you prefer. Maybe that's why they knew her. Maybe that's why she was there. Because she would have been this Eurovision. Oh, the same year. Yeah. Maybe. So maybe that's why it, may- it seems less random yeah. now. So if you don't know who Laurel Barker is, she's written loads of really successful Eurovision songs. Mm. And last year at Melody Festival, and she sang the song and wrote the song Sober, which did really not very well at all. But we were hoping she was going to play it at that gig, and she didn't. She also wrote the song that got through to the finale, which was Never Give Up by... Um, Maria Sur. Yes. So she was still... So she was hedging her bets, performing and writing something. She absolutely was, yeah. So, yeah, this was written by Laurel Barker. So that's exciting. What do you think of the... We said about the red staging. What do you think about the rest of the staging? We had four dancers, two women, two men in red. Yeah, I feel like we have to say that we didn't choose this just because he's got his arms out, because we're not quite that shallow. We're quite shallow, but but we're not quite that shallow. I mean, I'm not not against a a mesh top either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's ticking all the boxes, but it was more of the chose it because we remembered the song like it's one that pops oh, yeah, straight into absolutely. your head isn't it like you don't need to like play a bit of it or anything i remember that my son john loved it mm-hmm. in the stage it was towards getting to the end of the stage where he would say whether he liked your original songs or not because now he's a bit more he's too cool cagey about it yeah because this was like now four years ago he's like oh i love this one <laughs> yeah 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 so it's a bop isn't it yeah and it's got the little dance breaks for all the choruses yeah, lots of Which fun. Which is good. Although, like you said, he doesn't really do that much dancing. No. And I was thinking about this the other day. I was listening to another Eurovision podcast and they were talking about there's an opportunity for more men to dance as well as Noah Carell, to dance as well as Chanel, you know, and I yes, think... Yes, but history has shown that men have to do the bare minimum and women have to do twice I, as much. I know, but can you imagine if a man properly dances and has a good song? I know. Smash it, I think. I can't think of any good male dancers. I feel like Mans did well, but he wasn't dancing. He was more, he was very well choreographed with his screen. Yeah, yeah, but it was But that was sort of a dance. Well, it wasn't dancing though, was it? No. Daffy Frere, he's a good dancer. <laughs> yes, but that's a different sort of dancing, isn't it? He's moving to the beat. He's moving to the beat. <laughs> Do you want to know more about Luca Hani? Oh yeah, so we're to here to you. talk about Luca Hani, so yeah, let's go. <laughs> Do you know when he was born? He's probably a child. Is, is he <laughs> child. a child? Is he a child? <laughs> well, he's now 29. So he was pretty young when he did Eurovision. Mm-hmm. 25, something like that. Um, he was born in Bern, Switzerland. And um, he taught himself both the guitar and piano when he was very young. But his main job after finishing school was as a bricklayer. That explains and, the arms. Yes. <laughs> and then he took up his music career a few years after that. Um, apparently, since 2020, he's been in a relationship with his Let's Dance dancing partner, Christina Luft, whoever she is. I imagine Let's Dance is just another talent dance show in Switzerland. Yeah, but it might not be Strictly. It might be the other one that's a bit more contemporary. Like the one we used to have in the UK with Kimberly. What's her name? Love that. Kimberly Wyatt from Pussycat Dolls. You don't even know. It was the one that Cat Dealey used to host, I think. So you think think you can can dance? dance. Yes. 
I don't oh know God, there we go. <laughs> that was unlocking something in our brain. <laughs> I wonder if there's a So You Think You Can Dance podcast. <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe there should be a Things Cat Dealey's Done podcast, because <laughs> then it could be Fame Academy as well. <laughs> no. I'm looking through his Wikipedia, and he seems like he's done loads of dance competitions, which makes me think, why didn't he dance more when he did Eurovision? I mean, there's some dancing, but it's it's like jumping up and down and moving around a bit, but it's not really... I feel like it's the sort of thing that with three hours intense choreography lessons, we could probably do. Exactly. That's what I mean. Even I could probably do it. Anyway, he's now onto his fifth studio album, which is called 110 Carat. Gosh. Um, but that was a few years ago now, so he, he seems to have dried up. Wikipedia's dried up in the way that it does for old Eurovision artists. There's nothing <laughs> off in the last three years. But um, I think he's still quite famous in his native Switzerland. So that was a very incomplete Luca Hanni story. <laughs> Good. You looked like you were poised to say something. I was going to say, well, maybe we'll find out when we go there, but we're not going there, are we? We're going to Switzerland? <laughs> Is that what we were just talking about? <laughs> What you've got to understand, dear listeners, is that Ryan has a weird condition called country blindness. (laughs) He never knows where we're going or where we've been, which, considering how much we travel, is quite interesting. But it also makes it really difficult to follow bands or groups and stuff for Eurovision. Dear heart, we are going to Switzerland in November. We're going to a city called Lausanne. So maybe we'll find out then. Maybe we'll we'll find Luca Hanni. We might bump into him. We might, yeah. Good. (laughs) We are going to move on to our second category now, which is from the last five to 15 years. And we're going all the way back to 2014. And who have we got? We've got Carl Espen with Silent Storm for Norway. Silent storm 
Okay, so that was Carl Espen with Silent Storm. Now, I love this one. I think I'm more familiar, as is always the case, with the recorded track. Yeah. Um, It was slightly bumpy there. It was a bit too... Some of the sliding notes weren't great. Yeah. But the recorded track is just phenomenal, and I love it, and it's reminded me that I must play it more regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah, I I don't know this one at all, actually. Uh And... Like you say, it was interesting when it started because he was doing the really delicate bits that were just a little bit tricky to do, I guess, on yeah. a Eurovision stage. But I could tell that he had the voice to do the powerful stuff. Hmm. And then obviously it just built and built and built. And then it's like, okay, right. I'm By the by that point, I was like, okay, this is good. I'm comfortable here. Hmm. But it was that little, trying to do little delicate bits. And I guess it's because it, you're in a massive arena with all that noise and all that chaos. There's one person where you hear t- Laughing, yeah, yeah. Which is like, weird. It's terrible. I did a bit of research on Carl Espen. I tried to. There's very little out there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's very little information out there other than this Eurovision entry and how he performed. So, how do you think the song did in the final? Twelfth? He was eighth. Oh, okay. But considering he sang from fifth... Oh, that's really good then. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the semi-final, he performed a bit earlier in position three, and he placed sixth. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is one of those songs that if he'd had better running orders in the final and the semi-final, it would have got a lot more points, I think. Sixth and eighth. Mm, yeah i mean no one's ever gonna always win from the running order are they no but it's a huge makes a huge difference yeah absolutely and that's why i think they should open the the votes halfway through yes this is your new obsession isn't it yes (laughs) fix everything good to know (laughs) um anything else about the staging oh i know i've got to ask you how old do you think he was when he performed that? Oh, I saw it he's the same age as me yeah so he was only um 31 when he performed that yeah you think he looked 31? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're in a court. <laughs> I wi- Do you I'm think he looked older or younger than that? I thought he looked a lot older than that. Did you not? No. Not really. Okay. So his age is not a surprise to Ryan. That's the conclusion to that. It's just he's got a full beard. Well, I wouldn't call it a full beard. It's one of those really... Chin straps. Chin strappy ones. <laughs> I'm not keen. <laughs> no. But I felt there was true emotion. I thought it was well performed. It's a strong ballad. And and he had a suit with his... He had a blazer with his sleeves rolled up so he could show his tattoo off. So he was yeah. a bit edgy. And, and he had a nice... Um, whatchamacallit? Cuff. cuff. I have a cuff, which is white. Mm-hmm. I thought his, his trousers are a bit shiny, but I couldn't tell how shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and so, no dance break to report of. No, just three women with floaty dresses and violins mm-hmm. in the back. And there's a piano player on the a stage. piano player, yeah. Yes, I didn't imagine them then. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our second song, Silent Storm by Carl Espen. Who have we got next? Up next is our Over 15 Years, oh. which is 1956 to 2008. That's a large span of years. And we're off to Romania. Ooh. In 2004, with the song I Admit by Sander.
Sander for Romania in 2004. What did you make of that? That was bad. <laughs> and I know it was bad because as soon as it finished, you were like, let me play you the studio recording <laughs> just to show you why I liked it. I was like, so our listeners will have just heard the video version that's on YouTube. Yeah, but it's not even on Spotify. It's so, not. But what did you think of the, the version? Oh, yeah, that YouTube? was good. That was all right. Exactly. Was say, it's good. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine back in 2004, year, 2004 <laughs> that would have been pretty good. It was. But that okay. was 20 years ago almost. Yeah. 19 years ago. Yeah, so. exactly. Oof. It's the year when Rizlana won with Wild Dancers. Quite a few other good songs that year, but this was one that was just kind of catchy and we sang along to it and yeah. Yeah, it's got that sort of Holly Valance vibe to it. Hmm. But the staging and the dancing and the outfits and the hair was all... Just bad. <laughs> Terrible. I mean, there's three guys. One of them was barely dressed. Two were overdressed. One, you thought, was the choreographer because he shouldn't have been on stage. Yeah. <laughs> he had a red mohawk. 
And she was dressed in sort of like leather stripper lingerie sort of stuff. And Summers. Yeah, and Summers. And Summers window. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And the guys were jumping around too much and not in line with the song. It didn't Mm. fit. I feel like the choreographer had something else that he'd choreographed to. He said, I'll just use this. No, and that got dropped. So then he was like, oh, well, you need me to do this. Well, I've got this. He probably didn't say that I've already got this one done. So he just used that. Whatever. It was bad. Yeah. So bad. And then two girls turned up and started pouring at her as well. Yeah, I think they all threw some confetti at one point as well. Which didn't work. Which didn't work. It didn't fit with the song. I want to dig into the lyrics so I can understand what's going on here. Because I don't remember the lyrics. I'm not even sure what language it was. Was it it sung in English? It was in English, but it still was hard to understand what they were saying other than I admit. The chorus is, I admit I felt for you so badly and I admit you make my senses wild. I know sometimes I'm looking foolish. I admit, I admit... I'll be your fool as long as you are mine. Yes, mine, just mine. Yeah. That's not very positive, is it? No, it isn't. And the verse is, and as in a dream, love appeared, swept me away, made me lose control like never before. As in a dream, love touched me, I felt out just the bottom of my very soul. It's quite surface, all this, isn't it? It's, it's very good. odd. <laughs> it's good to be in love. It makes you touch the sky a thousand times or more. It's good to admit that my heart starts to race when you walk through the door. So I think the I admit as the hook isn't a strong hook anyway. But all you are admitting is that you... Anything that fits into the song. That you look foolish. That your heart starts to race. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think it was designed to be analysed that deeply. In, in any way at all. <laughs> and I feel like we're probably the first and maybe last people to do so. <laughs> I think you might be right. Do you want to hear a bit about Sandra Ludosi? Go for it. Well, there's not a lot to learn. <laughs> I know she was born into a family of teachers. And she trained as a teacher. But then she dropped that to go into singing. Right. She has performed at many concerts across Romania, it says here on Wikipedia, which doesn't really tell us a lot. She has released five albums and toured worldwide, though, apparently. But there's very little on here. I imagine there's a lot more on whatever the Romanian version of Wikipedia is in that language. In Romanian, in fact. I wonder if Alex's Christian knows it just because he's from Romania. Probably. Probably went to school with her. Maybe. It's possible. (laughs) So how do you think this did? Not great. I'm going to... Imagine, well, I'm surprised it qualified from the semis, but there weren't semis back then, were there? 2004 was... The year before? Year before, wasn't it? They came in in 2005. So I'm going to say this probably came 16th. 18th. Oh, I'm getting good at this. You are very good at this. (laughs) Anyone would think you're a Eurovision fan. Anyone would think I had a Eurovision podcast. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This is becoming less weird that you're doing so well at this. Mm. All the time. (laughs) Anyway, I think it's time for us to move on from Romania from 2004. And I feel slightly odd that I chose this one now. <laughs> Although in the episode, nope, for, for people listening, they'll think, oh, that was quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't go and look at the live performance from 2004 because it was awful. Well, and don't go looking for it on Spotify because it's not there. You won't find it. Nope. Just This one is properly in the archives now. We're going to go for a short break now. But when we come back, we're going to have a song from the UK. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. 
On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. Now, what has surprised both of us is that Ryan actually knows the next song and he doesn't know why. He's quite nervous about it. Well, yeah, I I know part of the melody. Yeah, because we did it at the start, some of the lyrics from this song at the start. And Ryan was like, does it go like this? And I'm like, yes. And he was like, (laughs) like, shocked face. Like, how do I know it? I shouldn't know that. Mm. I'm still not sure why I know that. It is interesting. Maybe you know more than you realise. So... I shall now play... Well, I should tell you what it is. This is going all the way back to 1971. Oh, 52 years ago. Properly archived. Gosh. This is Jack in the Box, sung by Cloda Rogers. Jack in the box, because for your love I'd do anything. Hey, hey! 
So that was Cloda Rogers with Jack in the Box. I nearly said that was Cloda Rogers with Puppet on a String. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, the songwriters were inspired by Puppet on a String to, to write this song. They studied the style and the... the, the so they went song. back into the toy shop and went along to yeah, the next thing. Exactly that. Just a few years later, four years later. So what did you make of that? Well, I know it. Yeah. I don't know how I know it. No. It's, again, it's from days gone by when it was such a different thing. So it was very much like do the bare minimum static camera work, Mm. all that sort of thing. The only thing that I did notice is... She was wearing something that was very Trixie Mattel inspired. Well, yeah. Or that Trixie Mattel would really like now yeah. with the high, sparkly, yes. bright pink hot pants. Yeah. And then a, a pink floaty top and yeah. pink shoes. And I mean, Trixie would have had the hair higher, but she would have still loved it, wouldn't she? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, even back then, um, it was being said that, oh, this is getting a bit out of touch and a bit obvious. That's really, really yeah it's gosh. really interesting yeah there's a quote that i really love from the enemy <laughs> which it says this song has a tailor-made precision built formula for the eurovision contest a slice of puppet on a string a generous helping of congratulations and just a touch of boom bang a bang and a la 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 chorus it's a tried and trusted pattern and as we shall doubtless be hearing it hundreds of times in the coming weeks it's bound to be a hit in britain though whether or not the european juries will consider we're getting to a rut remains to be seen mm. so how do you think it did i feel like it it must have done well because we did well back then mm. so top five yeah uh, choose a position. third that was fourth oh okay yeah all right yes it was that weird era where there wasn't a song for Europe and all the contestants performed on It's Cliff Richard, which was this variety show that obviously Cliff Richard had. What do you mean? There wasn't an actual Eurovision show? It's Song for Europe show. Yeah. So the the selection was oh. as part of It's Cliff Richard. Right. Okay. Hmm. Strange. Very weird. Yeah. So Clodagh Rogers came back from the contest and said that... Um, the UK has to change its tune and this, this sort of song won't win is what she declared. Yeah, stop raiding the toy cupboard for exactly. things. Exactly. But it's kind of one that stood the test of time. A lot of people know it. Clearly. Clearly. I don't know how. <laughs> it's <a bit> <laughs> Something that's really interesting was the choice of Clodagh Rogers for the contest. She was chosen to sort of meld Anglo-Irish relations. Clodagh is an Irish name. Mm-hmm. And the conference I was talking about earlier, one of my one of my speakers was called Cloda. Okay, <laughs> and she's Irish. She wasn't um, a jack in the box. No, she wasn't. She was. She was talking about cognitive load and spatial skills <laughs> <laughs> within a jack in the box. Yes. Okay. If you like. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was Irish, and she actually had a death threat from the IRA. Not the person at my conference, Cloda Rogers. Oh God! All right. <laughs> for performing at Eurovision for the UK. If she performed for Ireland, fine, but it was seen as a very political move. So you shouldn't be performing for the UK. It's an obvious try and sop to try and mend relations. A Eurovision song can't mend relations. That's what the whole contest is supposed to be about, isn't it? It is. But yeah. So I was thinking, I was thinking, is that why she looks so static on stage? <laughs> she didn't even really like jump up and down in time to the music enough. I mean, she did that bit where she suddenly did a bit of bouncing up and down, but there's points where she just kicked her legs a bit and, and they were it wasn't even in time or very my favorite bit was where they ran out of lyrics so they just la 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 a <laughs> yeah, bit exactly <laughs> there was some very um diaphanous purple outfits that the four women the backing singers yeah now they had a chat 
and they came prepared. Hmm. So they had a little routine that they were doing. Okay. But yeah, even that was a bit lacklustre. Well, apparently at the time there was also a bit of controversy about her outfit, Claire Rogers' outfit, because the person who went just before her had an almost identical outfit, apparently. So it was said it wasn't so memorable because she performed after this other person. So there's some hot fashion gossip So it's for the you. silver dress of 2021 all over yes. again, isn't it? Or the lying down of 2023. The lying down of 23. Yeah. Anyway, that was our UK entry, Claude Rogers with Jack in the Box. What have we got next? Up next, we've got our semi-final exit song. Yeah. And we've got Vertigo by Olivia Lewis, who represented Malta in 2007. Okay, so that was Olivia Lewis with Vertigo for Malta in 2007. Mm. Now, I flipping love this song. 
I really do. I don't understand why I didn't qualify. Can you explain? I'm shaking him. I can, can you explain. I, I can understand why you liked it though, because in true Andy style, there's backing dancer male men with male their chests men. out. Male men. Yeah. Good chess as well. I didn't remember the chess. All I remember, she was a song. <laughs> All I remember, she was a solid singer. Mm. Yes. And, oh, such a good song. It's What's a, the problem? It's a little bit shouty. I'm sorry. I'm going to just say it's a little bit shouty. <laughs> wow. I'm sure the recording is very good. The recording is amazing. Yeah. Do you think I really like the recording? I think, I think there's just too much going on on stage there. Okay. Because they start off with a big bong thing. <laughs> symbol thing. Bonger. Yeah. Sim- yeah, symbol. I don't know what it's called. Gong. A gong. <laughs> that difficult word. A big gong. And then they've all got fans. You're a bit worried about cultural appropriation. It's a maybe. little bit cultural appropriation. E. All over the place. Yeah. yeah. And then out of nowhere, they turn on 10 fan machines. Yeah. And when she once had bangs, she then does not. Yeah, you were worried about her losing a whole dress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the slip down the leg was got a bit carried away with the wind. <laughs> it just, it was a lot. But I think I loved it because it was kind of like, I do like the musical Miss Saigon, although I did hear a podcast about it recently and it made me realise how bad it was in terms of you can't really perform it now for the same reasons and like how racist it is effect- effectively yeah but it does have that sort of west end musical theater vibe of a big this is the end of act one sort of number yeah and it's really sweeping there's so much to it i'm still a bit mystified that it didn't get well, through i'm assuming if because this is back when there was one semi-final because yeah. she was number 20 yeah in the running order yeah if there were two semis she maybe would have got through. Well, no, because out of 28 countries, you know what position it came? 28th? 25th. Oof. Okay, then. I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. I know, but we were astonished when we heard that result. What, 25th? Malta's bound to get through this year with Vertigo. People had made t-shirts. We thought some of the audience. Olivia's giving us Vertigo. Mm, that t-shirt. <laughs> they probably didn't pack that to come home. Wow. Probably been that. What? <laughs> They've got Maltese flags. Rude. I stand by Vertigo, one of the the missing lost classics of Eurovision yesteryear. Mm. So you're bringing it back to the people. I am. Whether they take it or not. I, I think it got blown away with the wind machine. No, I encourage you to. What else did you say about the wind? You said they got their plane ready to go back. That was a plane ready to go home, yeah. Oh. I feel like I need to tell you a bit about Olivia Lewis because I feel a bit bad for her because this was her dream to go to Eurovision and she went to the Maltese national final lots and lots of times. She finally got there. She does this amazing performance. It was amazing. And <laughs> that was the end of her Eurovision story. Oh. Indeed, her singing, really. Um, that was the last time she performed. Was she exiled? I hope not. I hope <laughs> the Maltese people were still proud of her. And she went back to her village, which I know the name of. I've been there. It's called Ormi. But it's spelled Q O R M I. Mm-hmm. But you don't pronounce the Qs, so it's just Ormi. There you go. Bonus Qs. Bonus Maltese knowledge for you. Do you want to find out a bit more about her? Is there more than that? Wow. So, how many times did she try to represent Malta then? I'm about to tell you. Please do. Oh my good grief. <laughs> yes. So, she started in 97 and was seventh. And then she carried all the way through till 2007, so 10 years when she finished first. But she was second in 2004, 2005 and 2006. 
So finally she got through. But um, what's interesting is that one of the songs that she was second with in 2005 was written by the same people who wrote, wrote Vertigo. And they're famous writers of Maltese Eurovision songs, Philip Vella and Gerard James Bourges. Two of these years, she's got two results. Did she double enter? <laughs> I would love to be able to tell you that I understand how Malta Song for Eurovision works, but yes, yeah, she does seem to have appeared to have entered in 2000 and 2001 and come in two different places. <laughs> I don't understand, but honestly, she's a she's a stalwart of Maltese Eurovision, and I'll have no word against her. I'll brook no refusal. Olivia Lewis is number one fan right here. I think it's time we leave Olivia behind before we get Vertigo or we get blown off. She's giving me Vertigo. I was going to say before we get blown off the podcast. That's wrong. Um, Who have we got next? So next is the Juice Award. Yay! To go to Eurovision. And in true us fashion, we're back off to Sweden. Well, that's as it should be. Yeah. Um, We're going to 2020. Yeah. With Anna Bergendahl and Kingdom Come. Gosh. Been building on a theory What if love won't set you free And if I just sit right here Feel the waves come tumbling in It all turns crystal clear And the ends were out My 
Kingdom Come. So that was Anna Bergendahl with Kingdom Come. Now, <laughs> halfway through that song, lots of men turned up and they had very good chests. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had bomber jackets and and almost like black kilts on, but their bomber yeah. jackets were undone to reveal chests, and yeah. you and then you suddenly perked up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't choose the song for that reason, but it is, it is the episode of the bare chest. No? Yes, the bare chest episode. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't fit with the song at all, did they? They kind of it was odd. No, but the song's so good. It's so good. It's really good, isn't it? Now we heard it. Only a few months ago, live performed by Anna Bergendahl at the Melfest weekend party. Mm, because obviously, we knew she's done multiple yeah. Melfest. I knew this is my life from yeah. 2010, which didn't qualify. And I knew the one after this one, which is called Higher Power. Higher Power. Yes. Yes. And there's another one which is called Ashes to Ashes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, she did a whole set, didn't she? Yeah. Which was really good. Yeah. But yeah, and then there was this one. <laughs> yeah. We talked to someone in Sweden about her, um, called, it's called Peter, and we were saying, oh, yeah, and she's a doctor now. And he was like, everyone knows she's a doctor. So yeah. It's kind of like, <laughs> she'd tell everyone in every interview yeah. she's a doctor now. But she's a bloody good singer, isn't she's, she? She should, yeah, I mean, great that she's being a doctor. But, but come, I can't understand why she's not a full-time... Yeah. Even if it's just for us. Yes. Yeah. Come back next year. Please, come on, Anna. Hang up your stethoscope. <laughs> I think she gets better every year. Right. Like, I think the time that she went to Eurovision... Wasn't her best, was it? Wasn't... No. Yeah. And she looked a bit nervous and she was so young, yeah. wasn't she? Yeah. Her hair's different every time we see her. I think she looked really good when we saw her in um, Melf- at the Malfoy's Weekend. But here she's got weird... Well, she's got bangs. Yeah. Maybe this should be bare chests and bangs because we've had quite a few bangs tonight. Yeah. But um, it looked more like a wig, didn't it? It did look like a wig, but it could have just been the time when people used to straighten their hair a lot. I oh, don't know. Oh, yeah. Is that finished? That but time? I'm fairly certain <laughs> that when we saw her at Melfest, well, at the Melfest party, yeah. she had a clip-on ponytail. Did she? It was a very long ponytail. Oh. That's not Dr. Hair. It's not Dr. Hair. <laughs> Dr. Hair, TM. Yeah. Yeah. So this song came third this year. And do you know who it came third to? What was second and what was third? Well, we know that the Mamas were first. Yeah. And I know that Dotter was... Second, yeah. Second, With yeah. So I didn't yeah. know this one was third, though. Yeah. So it's a strong top three. Very strong top three. This, uh, this, unfortunately, yeah. Destined to go nowhere. Yeah. But it scored well. And these three were the clear top three. Oh, that would have been a good finale, wouldn't it? Yeah. But I was also looking at who was in that year. And it was almost like a repeat of this year. <laughs> it was Paul Ray. Yep. It was Victor Croner. It was yep. Mariette. It was bizarre. Wow. It was like so It's like a many. reunion. It was a reunion <laughs> for 2023. But unfortunately, there wasn't any um, Anna Bergendahl this year. But I have a strong suspicion that Dotter's going to be back next year, especially as, as the contest is going to be in Sweden. I do hope so. Yes. But Anna I would Bergendahl happily... would come back for that as well. Since yeah. Oh. If we can get the, the gears in motion now, because... Yeah. Like, if we tell them that we're going to be there, mm-hmm. we want to see them there, I'm sure they'll be there. Do you think that's enough? I just think that's us enough. To, to... If we could just formally invite them. Yeah. Request yes. that they submit a song. Yes. Yeah. Please. So, yeah, that was Kingdom Come. Wonderful stuff from Anna Pergendahl. So, it's been quite a roller coaster already, but what have we got next? Up next, we're going over to the randomizer. Okay. I don't know if the randomizer's got the memo that it needs to be chests. 
<laughs> yeah, if it's not a bare chest, it's off theme. Yes. The the singer can have bangs though. That's loud. Even better if they have a chest and, and bangs. bangs. Oof. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Is it? <laughs> okay, so I'm ready to click the button. So what year do you think it's going to be? Let's say early noughties because we've been stuck in a bit of early noughties hell. I'm going to go for 1958. I'm going to oh go God, okay. Ridiculous. 2018. Ooh. Wasn't it 2018 last time? No, it's 2017. Yeah. Well, the randomizer's being kind. The randomizer's being all hip and trendy. Trend? It's got sort of like it's in its trendy era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We need to find out what song. How many songs there were in 2018? So there were 26 songs. <laughs> song number 15 oh I wanted to choose this one anyway at some point really it's actually chosen the song I want what I can't believe it it's chosen song number 15 by <laughs> Rasmussen which is called Higher Ground for Denmark oh amazing randomizer this is the best you've ever done apart from when it did the route
Bloody amazing. Loved it. Thank you, <laughs> Randomizer. I don't usually like songs where you're encouraged to participate, but I was along with them. I was going to, you know, when he said that bit about, come on. Walk with us. Walk with us. I was like, I'm there. Yeah, but this does not help with the the men doing the bare minimum thing. How do you mean? What they did was they stomped around a bit. I will hear nothing against this song. No. I will hear nothing against this It's very powerful. (laughs) Yeah. But all they did is they stomped forward a bit, then they stomped back a bit, and then one of them went and got a flag and waved it a little bit at the end. That's all I needed from them. And it's powerful, but it's no dance break, is it? I don't want them to do a dance break. I'm quite happy for them to stomp. Always keep them stomping. I'd quite like to see a Viking dance break. No, that would be weird. (laughs) It's got to have the right vibe. It's got to feel appropriate. Mm. Yeah. I was trying to think when that Viking series started and whether that was kind of around that time. I bet it was. I watched the first episode of that and really enjoyed it and never watched any more <laughs> because I had no time. Right. I keep meaning to go back to that. Have you seen it at all? Nope. Okay. You know what I'm talking about now. Vaguely. Okay. Not really. Right. Some a huge series. Anyway. Netflix, I think. Anyway. <laughs> So, apart from the fact that they were men doing the bare minimum, which you objected to, you mm-hmm. thought it was powerful. Any other notes? Yes, there's a bit of Lorene snow at the end as well. I don't think Lorene owns all the snow. She owns snow on the Eurovision stage. Does she? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. I heard that originally the song was meant to be sung by someone with a much deeper voice, but he's actually got quite a high voice. I w- yeah. I was going to say that his voice doesn't match his aesthetic. No, and he was very aware of that. I I heard an interview with him on the Eurovision Legends podcast. Oh, and he was okay. very honest about that. But he's such a lovely interviewee that I fell a bit in love with him. Okay. I have to be honest. Yeah, because he's got a big ginger beard, long yeah. hair, yeah. and a bit of smoky eyeliner on yeah. or something like that. Guy liner. Works I think me. we used to call it back then. <laughs> um, and then he's got this quite pretty voice i know but it's nice i kind of like that it works for that reason it's engaging mm. oh i see so um all men have to have gruff voices do they yes is that the rule when they're pretending to be vikings <laughs> oh i see <laughs> and yet you wanted them to have a dance break you can't have it both ways ryan i go one way or the other not in the middle <laughs> well i think going in the middle did quite well for them do you want to find out how it did do you know how it did i don't know how it did i've Going to say it came fifth. Fifth? Didn't do that well. (laughs) I thought you knew about Eurovision. Apparently I've got it right here. Do you want me to find out? Yeah, go on then. Ninth. Ninth. I think that was quite a good result, really. Yeah, especially when you consider Surrey was this year with Storm, and that was 24th. Oh, so it was the year of Netta. And Fuego. And Fuego. It was really good. I loved it. Yeah, I would have followed him. It was we've we've actually had a lot from this year, oh, have we? Because um, oh, the randomizer to... picked the Irish entry, yeah, and we had monsters last week from Sarah Alto, oh god, didn't we? Yeah, and we had Lie to Me by Nicholas Joseph from Czech Republic, not that long ago, was uh, it? Well, no, that was a long time ago. Oh, actually. is it a long time ago? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was a lovely way to finish off from the randomizer. That's perked me so up. Two episodes in a row, the randomizer's done pretty good ones. It has, yeah. although. I didn't put the last one on the playlist. Because, you know, we were like, oh, should yeah. we put it on the playlist or not? Yeah. I would have said no to the Portugal Oh, yeah, one. we're meant to vote, aren't we? Yeah. Did you not put it on? No. <gasps> should no. I put that one on? No. Okay. I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like but it. But I think this one can go on. Do you, you think? You think? You think? You did do a little stomp along to it, didn't you? Mm. 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 
It's another win machine. And it's, there was no chess, though. No. So he missed the brief, the randomizer. Mm. But I'm quite glad he did. He didn't even have a fringe, did he? No. Nope. It was swept. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Loved it. What a way to go out. So what was your favourite song of the episode? Anna Bergendahl, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well... Astonishingly, my favourite song of the episode was so by, was the randomizer song. Wow. It's never happened. No. Especially when we collate these episodes, we curate them and think, well that'll be good, this'll be good, and then the randomizer put one in that was even better. So that's the moral of the story. Sometimes the randomizer can be good. Mmm. Cheeky little randomizer. I know. Confusing it's us. Coming for our job. It'll be from the fifties next though, you what? <laughs> Some sixties shit. Yeah. So that was what are we called again? Oh yeah, that was Eurovision Queens for this week. Yeah, this Eurovision Queens has been sponsored by a bit of white wine. <laughs> yeah, can you just tell? in case that wasn't obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of um, desperados, but we don't call them desperados in this house, do we? Call them despositos. Despositos. I don't know why. I think this is back to Ryan's name blindness. <laughs> yeah, making up words for things. But I find it impossible to call them Desperados really now. They are mm-hmm. Despositos and always will be. Can we hear about the bottle of white wine? What it was? So it was a lovely sanctuary bird. Sectu- secretary bird. Secretary bird, even. <laughs> a nice sauve blanc. Sanctuary bird makes more sense than secretary bird. I don't understand either. No. It's South African from 2022. 2022 vintage. Yes. Anyway, that's enough of the wine. It's time for us to sign off. So we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, let us know on Twitter at EuroQueensPod. On Instagram at EurovisionQueens. On email, EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. You might want to send us an email and say, look, play this next. Come on, guys. Why have you not done it? Yeah, there's probably a really obvious one that we've not played yet. I know. That's not ABBA. Please let it know. Because if it's ABBA, it's going into the junk. Yeah. Even though I was at Brighton last week and I had my lunch next to the Brighton Dome where (laughs) ABBA won the Eurovision in 1974. Good. Fact. <laughs> Fact that you ate lunch there. <laughs> well, I was at the Brighton Dome. What more do you want? Did you play Waterloo there? No. Does it just resonate from the foundations of the building? Yeah, that. Well, it. it probably doesn't because it was absorbed by the carpet on the stage. Wow. I don't understand why carpet was on the but stage. The was, where, I, where I had my lunch on the grass, which sat on the grass... It's where they filmed all the, the postcards. Post yeah, with the, where the Wombles were and all the other <laughs> stuff going on. I was like, yay, this is Brighton 1974. Hurrah. <laughs> no one else had the same vibe, I don't think. Most of the people there weren't thinking, oh, yes, 49 years ago. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Only me. <laughs> Only me. Yeah. Okay, until next time, I've been Andy. And I've been Ryan. And I'm a puppet on a string. No, I'm not. I'm a jack-in-the-box. <laughs> I'm a Skelextric set. Me? Yeah, because I'm sure there's going to be a song about that at some point. I don't think there is. There will be. <laughs> you have to write it. Bye! Bye! You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them? 